Good morning, Trinity, and welcome to our daily podcast. My name is Tripp. I'm the pastor at Trinity Northside, and I hope this finds you well this Thursday morning. As has been our habit for several weeks now, we take time each morning and reflect together on a portion of one of the readings from the daily office lectionary. And today, as I look at those readings, it is really tempting to sit with Leviticus 19 and have a long chat about tattoos, and I'm sure we'd have a lot of fun with that passage. And yet, as I saw our reading from Matthew's gospel, these words are simply too good and profound for us to pass up today. I think Jesus speaks straight to our hearts in this season we find ourselves in and reminds us not to worry because our Father provides for even our most basic needs. But not only that, he reminds us who we truly are as humans, that we are destined for eternity, that we are made to rule and reign with him in God's kingdom forever. And so let's read this passage together and then I'll pray and then we'll find a way through it as we reflect for a few minutes together. So Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25, Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these." But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we thank you for this word through the struggles and the trials that we face on earth, maybe that we face this very moment as we sit here together, would you help us to see that they are making us ready for your kingdom, making us ready to live as citizens of your kingdom. And so help us to set our hearts on high with you there, with the company of heaven as we pray in our liturgy, that we would be with you and have our our longings and our desires oriented towards what is eternal and not which is fleeting. We pray this this morning through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, as of today, as I sit here with these reflections, our country right now has the highest unemployment rate it has had since the Great Depression, with many experts I read this week saying numbers will swell well over 20% nationally in the coming weeks. I saw our state here in Georgia is one of the hardest hit states in the entire country, uh, with over 30% already of the labor force out of work. And I think in addition to that, countless millions more, and maybe many listening to this, if you've not lost 
your job or, or lost work, you are employed but facing reduced wages, or you are sitting with a real fear, a real anxiety around the threat of job loss. We, none of us knows what the coming months will look like. And so we sit here perhaps collectively feeling a bit anxious. And I think this moment is unquestionably a threat to our stability as a country, to our general well-being at a personal level, though I also think it threatens us every day as we wake up and pass our days, it threatens to derail our trust in God's ability to provide for us. And I think this is especially true when we feel unable to provide for ourselves, either already or the fear of being unable to provide for ourselves. And so if we add even another layer to this, if you think about the world in which we actually live, the culture that we find ourselves in, we live in a world that for centuries now, even longer, has found itself denying the existence of spiritual realities. And we could have a whole philosophy class on why that is and all the different movements and people involved in making that the case, but that simply is the world in which we find ourselves, where we wake up day in and day out. We live in a world that trusts what can be seen, what can be measured, what can be scientifically observed, and we see any kind of living connection between the physical and spiritual worlds as this kind of medieval hangover, this carryover that soon enough we'll be free from. And I think often knowing that's the case, in an effort to push back against that, the church and religious people often swing the pendulum way too far in the other direction. And so what we find ourselves saying is some version of this, that all that matters is the spiritual world. And then we make this error of separating out the two. And we say, God in the spiritual world is up there. And the real everyday world of creation is down here. And all we're meant to care about is the world up there. And who cares about what's going on down here? Because God's not involved in it. And that's also an error that we want to avoid. And I point this reality out because I think it's really maybe incredibly easy to make this mistake when we read this passage that we've read today, when we see and hear Jesus' words about God's provision. When Jesus says, do not worry about your life, he's not saying your life and your physical needs are of no concern to me. That is clearly not the message that he's conveying. He's not separating these two worlds out. That's the whole point of the incarnation is that he brings these explicitly and beautifully together. And I think similarly, when he says in verse 33 to seek first the kingdom of God, that's not meant to be understood in some disembodied way, like we just think our way into God's kingdom. And so then what in the world is going on here? I think Jesus reminds us of something we are prone to forget, that we are made in the image of God, and that we are destined to reign with him for eternity. That is one of the truest things that I can say about us as humans. And so while creature, creaturely needs, bodily needs are important and not to be dismissed, you and I are not defined by our appetites and our desires. Your hunger does not dominate you. Your vulnerabilities do not control you. 
Yet we not only easily forget that truth, we behave in ways that betray our true natures. We become beastly creatures, as we often say around here. We become beastly creatures where we are obsessed with our own comfort, our own pleasure, our own security. And in times then of great need, great uncertainty, like we find ourselves in now, I think that impulse is only heightened. Yet Jesus reminds us today that it just simply does not have to be so. And so ask yourself today a few questions. How would you live differently if you truly knew God would meet your every need? Not just material, but, but spiritual as well, physical and spiritual. Every need that you have, how would you live differently if you knew God would meet it? How would your vision of the world and your place in it change if you were freed up from believing that your greatest need in life was securing access to material comforts? How might it change your view of yourself and of God? Because here's the thing. If we believe material provision is the greatest need we face in life, we're really not that different than squirrels who are harvesting nuts for the winter. And your entire life revolves around securing that provision. And then when that provision feels compromised or threatened, so too is our own sense of worth or value. But we are not beasts. We're not animals. We have within us the very image of God. And yet when we forget that, we feel shameful. We feel diminished as humans if we think we can't provide for our basic needs or if we feel incapable of doing so. We assume then that the Lord sees us the same way, that he's shamed by us, that he thinks less of us, that he views us like a beast. And yet Jesus at every single turn in this passage is trying to remind us of what is true. He longs for us to remember this truth, to remember the goodness and the mercy and the love of our Father in heaven. And it's a Father who gently and tenderly cares for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. He cares for them. And it says, how much more does he then not care for us? Does his love not extend to us and invite us to be everything that he has made us to be? And so, simple as it may be, as familiar as these words may be, I feel today we need to hear it, especially this morning. Our Lord will not only meet our physical needs, but he in his kindness is also daily reminding us of who we truly are, that we are physical beings being made ready for his kingdom, to rule and reign with him for eternity. And so with that in mind, we hear these words and we receive them today and we hear afresh Jesus say to us, do not worry about tomorrow. I pray in some small way this is true for you today and may God bless you richly today. Amen.